All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Growth. I am Matt Bellotti and I am super excited to have a guest today who a couple weeks ago sent a message in Slack. DC sent a message in Slack and said, someone has to talk to this person on a podcast. They are amazing. And today I have Lauren Moores, who is self-described data queen, and she currently is VP of data and strategy at Indigo. And I'm super excited to have her. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. I'm excited too. Yeah. So I was, you know, reading a little bit about you. You know, Lauren says uh, she's got more than 20 years in data technology, strategy, science, data creation, and various information in tech industries, and even a PhD in economics from Brown, which is pretty cool, and has worked across a lot of different industries, building data teams and applying data to answer questions among your teams. And so maybe you just give a a quick background on your journey and, and a little bit about Indigo for people that aren't familiar. Yeah, let me start with Indigo. Uh, so Indigo is uh, the leader in beneficial agriculture. We started in 2014, and our mission is to help farmers sustainably feed the planet, right? And it all started with the science side, using microbials and the microbiome uh, system to, like we did with human gut, apply it to the plant. And since then, we've evolved into providing services and products to farmers to help them be more profitable and also to be more sustainable. I got to Indigo, luckily, through a colleague, a former colleague that DC knows well. And I feel like for me, in my journey, I chased the data, mm-hmm. right? And I was working in microfinance at the time. New data in terms of credit and using mobile for making credit decisions, but not new technology or data in terms of uh, creating analytics or, or whatnot. And I've always wanted to get involved with space data. I never thought I'd be involved in agriculture, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's been amazing. Yeah. Uh, my whole career, I've chased data. And what does that mean? So essentially, I've had the luxury of being in industries where data is changing exactly what we're doing, mm-hmm. right? Whether that was originally time series data and mainframe when I first got out of school mm-hmm. to uh, working in the B2B space and creating the first information portal for companies to use for first appointments and uh, ultimately at com- Compete where we're using Clickstream before, before mobile came mm-hmm. and kind of disrupted that whole space if you didn't have a mobile panel. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're chasing data. And I think the way that you describe looking for places and problems where data is fundamentally changing the way that that thing is being structured. What is that? I guess that looks like agriculture. That looks like uh, maybe, it's yeah. ad- advertising technology. Yeah. It's finance technology, uh, re- re- information services and, and content. It's I first started out doing uh, predictive analytics for industry. So what were oil prices going to do, right? You know, what was paper prices going to do? And that was using time series data in a mainframe that had been built and people weren't using it. I remember, actually, it's when the compact PCs came out where you actually could bring it on the airplane. (laughs) I have a really good story about that. My friend took the computer. She was going on a trip to visit a client. And the guy next to her said, what is that? Your sewing machine? <laughs> yeah. Now everyone takes their computer on the plane and just has to turn it off. And it's not as big as a suitcase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So so you joined Indigo uh, specifically because, you know, super interesting data set. You're working with data, satellite data. You're working with 
supply and demand data with the with the marketplace. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you know you're moving into a completely new industry? How do you think about getting a footing? Right, like what what does that look like? Is it the same exact systems that you had used before? Are you evolving a lot of those pieces mm-hmm. in a in a new industry, new setting? Yeah, that's a really good question. I find that companies are in various states with their data, and usually it's siloed, mm-hmm. right? Even if you come into a company that has been around for five, 10 years, if they're not specifically focused on creating a data foundation, then they might have things in you know, non-digital form uh, where they're stuck in somebody's hard drive, or they're, maybe they are digital, but they're not in a database for access. Mm-hmm. So feel like at Indigo, we had the data, we just didn't have access to it per se, right? Yep. In addition to, uh, we were building out our access to the field data through our agronomy team, working directly with our growers. So mm-hmm. getting access to the field information, the crop management practices, which makes a huge difference for us to be able to provide analytics and crop management uh, advice back through our agronomists. Okay, so show up, the data's there. <laughs> It's just all over the place. Like, some of it. Some yeah. of it. Yeah. Some of it. And so uh, you have different teams that are owning different parts of the data. It is the first move just trying to get it all in one place. <laughs> like, what does that even look like when you move into a new, a, a new company and you're just, all right, you're in charge of data now, right? Like, yeah. where, do you, where do you go from here? Ultimately, it's picking off the things that you need to pick off to solve the problems right at hand, right? As much as you need to build the foundation, it's, it's that classic issue where, oh, wait, we have to build this product and it's due in three weeks. Oh, but I need to build the foundation and otherwise there's going to be tech debt. What do I do? And I don't have enough resources to actually take a, a, a team and say, hey, you d- handle tech debt or build the foundation yeah. and you build the new products because we, you know, we need to push something out. Yeah, yeah you're constantly making compromises. And I'd say that the last year we've we've made progress and we have a data platform now, which is mm-hmm. amazing. And it's, uh, it's actually being run by a former colleague who has been able to bring together everything that we were trying to build out uh, previous to, to his and the team build out where we were still dealing with silo data, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if I have to deliver something, yeah. then I'm going to figure out how to get the data as quick as possible. Yeah. It might not be in the most accessible form for everyone, but knowing that I can use it in terms of the data sciences team and the data, you know, all the other teams within my department, that at least helps us push things out the door. Got it. We're also just starting to build out a data team. So mm-hmm. you, you've been with Indigo a little over a year now. Drift is just starting to build a data team. How do you think about how your team is structured? Is it in service to all the other, like are, are your customers the other teams yeah. or are you you know self-operating and then bringing that data to the teams to say like, hey, here's how to help inform these decisions. Like, are you finding stuff on your own Mm -hmm. and bringing that out? Or are people, I mean, or is maybe it's probably both. It's both. Yeah. Right. It's definitely both, particularly if uh, if we're trying to work on a model or uh, build out different algorithms and analytics, then we realize, hey, we don't have this third party data set or um, we need to ingest something that nobody else has thought about, mm-hmm. then we're going to work on that in parallel to building out whatever product there is. At the same time is working with you know, essential data engineering, yep. architecture, 
right? And we also have a data science engineering that we work with that allows us to not have to focus on actually building out the foundation, but figuring out the requirements. So yeah. requirements are, you know, I need to have access to USDA data, you know, through Snowflake or whatever. Yeah. Or I need to look at our field data by by grower farm field. Yeah. And so let's build out that taxonomy. And usually we, so we do both. Not only are we clients, mm-hmm. right, in terms of what we need from the rest of tech, but we are, the rest of the companies are our are, are client. Yeah. And whatever they need, we need to figure out how to solve it. Sometimes I'm not going to solve it, but I'll, I'll, we'll figure out who does. Got it. Yeah. So when you, when you first joined, how many people were working on the data team? So that's, that's a good question. There were seven on my team, and they were data scientists-ish only. Okay. And there were a couple people dedicated on the Eng team to data. And since then, we've grown five times as a company. Mm-hmm. My team's grown five times. And we, we've also uh, we created delineation between different groups. There was somebody in Memphis who was working on field data, but now they're part of my overall team. Yeah. Right. And we have a flow. So I like to think about it in terms of a data strategy team all the way down to data product. And essentially, the whole focus is how do we work together as a, as a group to figure out what data solutions do we need in order to collect more data or to make sure that people are getting what they need mm-hmm. down to what's the best way to surface that information and how would we maybe derive our data science differently or the create actionable insights so that it can be shown in the data product side. In between all there is field solutions, which is all the field data coming in. So you think about all the machine data that comes off of 1 million plus fields that we have treated seed on. Yeah. Plus we also get information from the non-treated seed. We have a data management team, which has to, you're not, not just looking at the commercial side and the field side, we're working it also on all the R&D side. Mm-hmm. So all the genetic, so you know, genomes to phenotypes to everything that we need to figure out for as we move our uh, microbials through the state, we have a stage gate process, yeah. whether or not they're gonna go to, to, uh, to market or not. So all that has to be handled in data management. And then I also have an operations research team so that we can optimize our systems. Got it. So there's a lot of stuff to to work on there. You worked across a lot of different industries and built teams in all of those. When you show up to a place like Indigo and you're you're starting to build this data team, is there like a set of core like data principles that (laughs) that are consistent everywhere that you've worked or does it really morph to the industry? Like has it changed a lot or are you seeing that there are a couple pieces that are just core to no matter what, this is how a data team has to operate. Yeah, it, it's core. Yeah. Right. I mean, and essentially, what do we have? Can we access it? Mm-hmm. Is it scalable? And uh, what are we going to do with it? Yep. Right. All those things. And as you can imagine, each one of those is fraught with, you know, non-truth or or there, there's no ground yeah, truth. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what do we have? Oh, wait, I didn't realize we had that. That's yeah. amazing. Is it accessible? Who's been using it? Uh, okay, great. Or, um, you know, oh, we built it, it. Not only is the data side, but then what are all the derived products that you built off the data? Mm-hmm. You know, let's make sure that whatever product that we're building or whatever models that we're building, that there is a consistent way of being able to reproduce that. And it's not just stuck in somebody's, you know, Excel spreadsheet that was, you know, 100 rows that was used to produce some sort of result. Yeah. We need to make sure that we are consistent. We can, we're robust, that we can always show exactly what we did so that the whole transparency and the flow mm-hmm. of where the data goes. Yeah. Like 
that's consistent no matter where I've been. Yeah. Scale two, you know, where, okay, let's start off with, oh, I'm going to start with my sequel. Oh, let me go to Redshift. Oh, none of this is working. I, it's going to yeah. take me overnight to pull any, any data that I need in order to answer the question. Yeah. So it's really important, you know, for me, and, and I've managed these teams before, but uh, at Indigo, I don't need to, which is wonderful to, to have the, the core engineering to be able to scale out exactly what you need to do. Yeah. At, at what point, so Indigo is about 700 or so. 750. 750 yeah. people. Yeah. At what point is, and I know that there's a lot of people out there wondering, like, do I need a data team? Is it time for <laughs> us to start building in SAO, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and what is the point in which you should, one, start properly tracking stuff to get it in a centralized place? Like, when is too early and when is... I guess you know it's too late when no one knows the answer to stuff. But right. like around what time should should companies start to think about this? Well, that's a that's a really interesting question. I feel like you need to have somebody on your team, even if you're two or three people, that understands data. Mm-hmm. Right? They understand, at any point. At any point, yeah. because you you have to understand what's going to be used to run the business. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have business data that you're going to need to you know show to possible investors. Yeah. Or you're going to have, uh, you know, whatever you need to to build your product. Now, maybe it's oh, build the product, build the MVP, figure that out first, and then acquire a data team. Yeah. Possibly, you know, in in our expansion in countries, the way that we've worked is we are building out data teams slowly because mm-hmm. we have the core though, yeah. right? So there's yeah. the core global in, in Boston, and then uh, I have my indirects lead one person. But that will build out as as each country grows. Yeah. But you need some access. You need someone who's thinking about it because essentially, you know, how many times this has probably happened to you, right? Where uh, you have a request, you're building out a feature for the product. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden you realize, oh, my God, I don't have the data I need yep. to do this. <laughs> or we we can't measure this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know how good this is going to be. Yeah. Or wait, I can't report out on it. Yeah. So even it's not just about creating derived data solutions. It's about how do you go to market and be able to show that what you did is working. Yeah. And even even with your commercial, you yeah. know. I will say that we've run into that a few times. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and and even to the point where we we thought we had it all set up, and then we build the thing, and then we're like, all right, now it's time to go measure how the thing worked, and then we find out that you know something wasn't tracking properly, oh. or <laughs> yeah. you know it's it's structured in a in a tough way. But right. I think it's really interesting because you what you're saying is no matter what point, even if you're just talking about data around your revenue, right? Not not necessarily your product or your service, like that kind of data, you have to have someone that understands that well um, and and can build some systems around that. But I'm also biased. I mean, I've been living and breathing this (laughs) since I graduated college. And to me, it's I I, sometimes when you're in 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 the data and tech space, you don't always remember that people don't live and breathe this or it's not the way they're thinking all the time. I mean, I'm constantly thinking about what what data is there? What's the gap? Um, how could we use it differently? Oh gosh, I, this just came in. What? How do I make sure that we take advantage of it in the next, you know, six months if I can't do it now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, um, you know, what does the system allow me to get to what I want? Yeah. And if not, oh my, we're going to have to build something now so that I can do something I want to do a year from now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I got a question for you, and I, I'm going to yeah. get a biased answer. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, how far is 
going too far with data? Because I, oh, I feel like some companies question. can wind yeah. up in this situation. They're like, we can't answer anything until we know exactly what's going on with the data, right? Like, how far yeah. is too far? There's two answers to that. Okay. Uh, you will never get 100% data, mm-hmm. right? So you have to understand. Even you? Yeah, you're never you get 100% chasing it for all data. your life. I've been chasing it. I'll <laughs> never get 100%. So you learn that when to make your decisions on 80%. Yep. Sometimes you have to make a decision on 40%. You always have to think about what are you trying to answer and how quickly do you need to do it. If, you're, if, if your data decision is going to impact revenue or strategy, then you do as best as possible and you're transparent as possible about what you have yep. and what you don't have. Right. The other answer is, you know, this... <laughs> This used to happen a couple of years ago where we would have clients who said, oh, just send me lots of data. I want big <laughs> data. I want it. I'm going to be a big data owner. Yeah, right? yeah. So what? Yeah. Right? I have people say, well, we need to architect it so that we have all this data. Well, what are you going to use it for? Yeah, why are you right? Why are you it collecting together? it? Yeah. So if you have one trillion events, but you have no idea what they are yeah. or what, what you might use or build features for, yeah. then it's useless. Yeah. Yeah. You need smart data. I always say that. You need smart data. I'd much rather have smart data and, and a smaller amount to be able to make decisions than just say, hey, dump everything in. Uh, so for instance, ad tech, really cool data in ad tech. Mm-hmm. I am thrilled with being able to spend a few years there because the data and the speed and the decisioning that needed to happen just pushed in terms of the systems that had to be built and the algorithms that, that you need to build in order to respond. Mm-hmm. But people got caught up into just collecting everything. Yeah. And well, are you using every piece of the, the advertising bid or are you just using features of it, pieces of it, right? Are you just using IP and lat long and, and maybe something else? Well, then let's focus on getting that data in so that we can be really good about what we're doing rather than worrying about the fact that we're just building out this huge database that nobody's ever going to have access to. Yeah, it almost kind of becomes this game of hoarding. I, I'm almost <laughs> thinking about uh, recently I was watching Netflix, uh, Marie Kondo, where she shows up and helps people organize their homes and right, they have all this stuff that they bought uh, and all these clothes that they never wear. It's kind of like you have all this data that you know you spent all this time making sure that you had perfectly, but you're never going to use because you're not even thinking about how it might apply to a problem set in in some way, shape, or form. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's kind of like, it's one of those jokes that you could I, I picture a cartoonist saying, "Well, do you have big data? Are you uh, in the in the cloud?" Yeah. Great. Then you're successful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? uh, no. Check. Check. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's funny. Okay, so so I think there are probably uh, like two core groups of listeners. There's one where, you know, you're early on, you're just building, you're getting started building your company and you're wondering like, do, yeah, do I, do I need to just start dumping all my data into one place? Like, should I have my engineers go, you know, make sure that they spend all this time building these extra systems, like mm-hmm. how should I be thinking about data in my company in those early stages in, in terms of my resourcing? I would say don't overthink it, don't overbuild, yeah. right? As much as you, I mean, when you're starting out early, you really don't know where you're heading. So you can't really scale for something you don't know yet. It's fine to have things in Excel. What, what you need to do is make sure that you have, you know where, where the data is, you know who has access to it, you have quality control on it, and you know how you're going to get it into a digital form so that you can use it for other things. Yeah. 
And if you have that process in place, that's fine because you don't want to overbuild a, you know, huge MySQL, you know, structure that, oh, I'm going to connect this table through that table and we have 10 things and because it, it can get overcomplicated yeah. and then you're, you're creating havoc for yourself. It's fine to just use Excel, yeah. right? It's yeah. similar to it's fine to just use heuristics if you can't build true models. It, yeah. it start out simple and then take it from there. But but think about when you're making the decision, whether it's through architecture or through you know who you're hiring, don't back yourself into a corner. Mm-hmm. Try not to. Yeah. I mean, we all do. We've all made decisions where, oh God, we have to completely revamp how we, we thought about that that platform. Yeah. Or we need to get access to something that we never thought we had before. But early on, get somebody who's thinking data, who knows where it is, but don't overbuild. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's say uh, for the other group, either you uh, are you know, an executive team or founding team of a company that's growing rapidly and, and you're getting to a point where your teams are starting to struggle making decisions and you're not quite seeing the data to back all, all the things that are happening amongst your teams uh, or you're working at a team and you're a person and you're trying to get access to data but you're not sure where to go or, or who to go to. Like what what should people be doing in that sort of situation? Like wh- where do they get rolling if they yeah. don't have someone like you that's already been building out these systems? Right. Get somebody or hire somebody who can do a um, audit of what you have and where it is. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's the best start. And, you know, we've done it and we've done it both on the business side. So you're coming from from the top down to the data and tech side from the bottom up. And I think that's important, actually, if you can do both, because, you know, I'm going to bring a certain bias and I'm always thinking about, OK, where wh- what is the data? Where is it? Yeah. What does it look like? What's its um, type? You know, h- how, how much do we have? Who authored it? Yeah. Things like that. Whereas on the business side, you're thinking about more about how do you run the company with it? Yeah. And, it you know, you can have one person do that but not always yeah. so if you if you if you don't have anything then start there yeah and then start thinking about what is it already flowing into products do you want to start using that data differently into new products uh, so then what types of systems do you need to build in order to get there now depending on your industry you know I've, I've worked in industries or nonprofits specifically where you are using third party Right, using third-party data platform, you send them the data, they manage it for you, they send back reporting, whatnot. Sometimes that's what you have to do. Yeah. I mean, I hate that because I want to have access to my <laughs> right, data right away. And you know, AWS makes it really easy yeah. to to have a data system, right? And have access to your data wherever you are. Or 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 Google, right? Any one of those, and there's there's other proprietary systems that, that are definitely worth buying, but it's, it's easy to set up a data system. It's hard to know what you need to do with it if you don't understand your business. Mm-hmm. Also, it's hard to know how to scale if you really don't know what you're going to be doing five years from now. Yeah. Although none of us know what we're doing five years from now. Yeah, yeah. So it's really <laughs> about, all right, can I, and I'm always thinking, can I do what I need to do 12 months? Yeah. And then continually, you know, every day that changes. Yeah. It's like, can I can I do what I need to do? Yeah. And sometimes like, no, I, I can't I don't have access to that and we have to build something or hey, <laughs> you know, paper works, right? And if we have to bring paper in and digest paper in order and translate it in order to use it, then we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. 
And and so you're almost not only trying to figure out what are the questions that you're answering now, but having some anticipation of what are we going to be answering in six months? And as we're answering this question now, how do we make sure that it is, is then accessible again yes. six months from now, 12 months from now? Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming by. When DC said we had to talk to Lauren, it was definitely no joke. So thanks for coming. Really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Cool. All right. Well, I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Hashtag Growth. And if you have any questions, feedback, anything like that, my email is just matt at drift.com. Feel free to send a note. I'd love to hear from you. And I will talk to you next time. Bye.